welcome to all the people out there in the universe listening to this podcast episode. This is Robert. This is Michael. And what, what are we doing? What are we doing? This is the On the Movie Front something episode. Is that what we're on called? the Movie Front podcast? I get confused sometimes. Twenty six. Not gonna lie, I kind of just woke up from a nap, <laughs> so I'm a little disheveled. But yes, On the Movie Front podcast episode number twenty six. I don't have a name for this. Oh, one. I was gonna. Uh, I looked at you. Oh, twenty six is a very silly number. Twenty six is. It doesn't mean anything really. Hmm. hmm. I, I don't know. Does that mean this episode is going to mean nothing? <laughs> no. We have to give the number 26 meaning by the end of this podcast okay, episode. deal. Somehow. We will keep that in the back of our minds. Gotcha. But anyway, Sheehan, welcome back. Thank Sheehan you. Sheehan went on a small little vacation to An Arizona. excursion, if you will. An excursion. To the desert. <laughs> to the Arizona Did you really desert. go to the desert? Yeah, absolutely. Why that was, anyone that want was the to first thing I wanted to go to. Why would anyone want to go to a desert? I've never seen a desert before. Mm. And I was like... I, as soon as I landed, I was like, where's the closest desert? <laughs> and the funny thing was, four people were like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I was, was going to say, it's probably Maybe like, it's people pointing to a direction. It, it's and probably naive of me to think that there's just all desert out in Arizona, but I was landed, I did land in Phoenix, which is a major city, <laughs> so I guess it was silly to assume that desert would be right there. Um, I guess, I guess, you know, you think of Arizona, you think of deserts. Did you ever, but you found a desert. I found a desert, right? and I found did you have a lot to, of things. Did you have to, like uncork a cactus for water? No, but I was interested in it. Uh, did you see cacti? I saw many cacti. Are they, are they this tall? How big are they? Are they like, <laughs> can I no one out there in podcast land can see where your hand is going to see how tall that I is. I don't care what they think, okay? <laughs> I don't care if they're confused. But, yes, they're that tall. Um, some of them are really tiny. I took Ooh, some pictures. I like actually, the tiny ones. I can show you. Uh, not you podcast people, but you, Robert. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of Arizonan, uh, Arizonians. Is that Arizona? what you call I don't know. What do you call people from New Jersey? Yo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yo. Yo. We're from the yo. From the yizo. Good though. And not only did you have an excursion in Arizona, you also saw two movies. I in saw Arizona. two movies. See, this is how dedicated Michael Sheen is for you. He goes on a vacation, and what does he do? He sees movies Absolutely. for the podcast episode, or just for his enjoyment. But you know. Yeah, I mean, part of it was kind of you know curiosity about what the movie movie screens were like out there. Could, they did have some awesome drive-in movie screens. But did you do that? I didn't, because mm. I didn't know about it until like Sunday. We drove past, and I was like, "Where has this been the whole time?" <laughs> um, but it was also like way too hot. It was over a hundred. It was 107 degrees when I landed at 10:30 at night. 10:30 at night, and it's 107. I'd so to be sitting in your car, you'd obviously have to be blasting the AC the whole time. That does not sound too pleasant. I mean, you know, I don't like apples and oranges, like or whatever that means. So, I did see two movies. But first, before we get to the movies, which tonight on the uh, podcast episode, we're going to do two... Well, did you just go... I don't know. <laughs> did I don't you know just go was. British there? I don't know what it was. <laughs> the podcast episode. The podcast episode. <laughs> Try and do a different accent every time. I don't know why you just... Well, right, it's the podcast accent. episode, right? Um, we're going to do was two... Was that Australian? <laughs> I don't know what it was. Down on da. <laughs> That's Australian. Oh, I could, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. <laughs> We're going to do two extended reviews of The Change Up and Crazy Stupid Love. Right, because we actually saw both movies. We both saw the movies, and but not together because I was in Arizona. Right. We. Yeah. Okay. You were in spirit next to me when I watched them. Oh. I like that. <laughs> so we rarely get to have the opportunity to do extended reviews because she and I work on different schedules, and he sees a lot more movies than I do, and I like to just. Stay at home and watch DVDs, and he likes to gallivant in the movie theater. So, we're going to take this opportunity to talk in depth about two movies. Right, and it's going to be completely spoiler-filled. So, we will be getting to those in a in a memento. Well, if, if we had a show, it would be like flashing in a spoiler, spoiler. In, in big spoiler. red letters. Why is like red always the color to be like warning or caution or spoiler? And there's that sound like, ooga, oh, ooga, yeah, like, like, like an spoiler, alarm going spoiler. Off. Right. Yeah. We have to get some sound effects. That would be cool. We need like a soundboard. And I want to press buttons. Oh, and sweetness. Right. That probably won't happen. If you donate to us. Ooh. Now we're asking for donations. <laughs> well, we can't even get emails. So we're going to ask for donations. I'm going big or going home. Oh, I like like your style. But before we begin, we have um, a couple, I guess, corrections, as we can yes. say. Well, well, before we get to the corrections, we had a comment. <laughs> we a comment on our podcast, the first one in 26 weeks. 
which we are thrilled about. So we want to thank the commenter who is Simona. <laughs> thank you <laughs> for commenting on our profile. She uh she provided us with the definition that, of mockumentary. What is that like a song? I feel like that name Simona is from a song. Are you thinking of My Sharona? <laughs> my, my, my Sharona. I'm thinking of James Blunt's 1973 track. What? Wait, what? Is that the title of the track? Or was he around in 1973? Oh, no, 1973 <laughs> is the track title. Okay, you blew my mind with that fact. I feel, you know, I'm going to play that song in our little... When we say we're going to take a break and we're going to play a clip. That's okay. going to be the clip of the first break. Okay. And I hope he says Simona. That, that would be, be awesome. But yes, what uh, Simona did comment was that we had a little, you know, difference of opinion of what a mockumentary was last week. So she was so kind to give us a link to Wikipedia, which for some reason she and I were not thoughtful enough <laughs> to do ourselves. And so we looked lazy at Lazy might be more the word. Yeah, thoughtful, lazy. I guess they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And so yes, pretty much a mockumentary, as the Wikipedia page says, is a type of film or television show in which fictitious events are presented in documentary format. So basically it doesn't have to be a comedy uh, I'm I'm still here was a mockumentary right. in that sense. So thank you, and please anyone else give us any comments, any comments you want. You can just you can just say gibberish, and yes. we'll still appreciate it. Yes, please type gibberish. Secondly, what was our second comment or? Oh, well now we're gonna go to corrections, right? Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. That that was the second but part. But again, sure. thank you, Simona, for commenting. Thank you. At I least somebody like out there has a heart. Oh, <laughs> diss. You just dissed everyone that's listening. I know. How could you be so heartless? <laughs> I guess, like, hate mail is better than no mail, right? Yeah, that's true. Mm. I, I will take some hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yes, the correction that we had um, was that after talking about, you know, it, it, it's kind of sad because we had our, our first ever TV segment, <laughs> and we already have an <laughs> and We error. have to correct something that we said in our TV segment. We should have uh, been a little bit more careful, but yes, we said how... We were talking about AMC specifically and how Mad Men... Um, you know, she is watching Mad Men now, but then we attributed Breaking Bad as being the first show on on AMC, especially the first, you know critically acclaimed show. But that wasn't true. Well, we should just say that it was not the first show to come out. Right. That's the correction. We we asserted that it was the first show to come out. Okay, right. It may and still we, have we, been the we, first critically acclaimed show. It might have been critically acclaimed, critically acclaimed before Mad Men was. Right. But Mad Men did indeed come out first. Correct. Correct. That uh, I, I think we did specifically... Yeah, we said like Breaking Bad came up before Mad Men. Yeah, we, so, yes. Uh, we made a claim that it was the first TV show ever. Of all time. <laughs> and we were dinosaurs. wrong. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Um... So, we apologize for those little hiccups in our episodes. I mean, we always make mistakes. We're only human, okay? Yes. Get over it. Yes. I sound like a douche saying that. Get <laughs> over it. Okay. So, on to our extended reviews. On now, again, for the reviews. third or fourth time, these are spoiler-filled. We're not going to waste any time spoiling the movie. So, please, fast forward now. I don't even I don't even know what you just said. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. I got into a zone and then you said the word spoiler too many times and I got spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. And not the one on the back of a car. This mm. is where you spoil the movie for people. All right, so let's get into it. We're going to do the change up. Rob, would you like to take it? No. Okay. So the change up is a movie starring Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds. These two literally change up their bodies with what each a other. Clever title. That's clever <laughs> title. It's pretty simple. Jason Bateman plays a married man. He's got two kids. Uh, or three kids? I don't know. He's got some kids. He's got a bunch of kids. He's got two kids. He's got two babies. Two three babies. Kids. He's got three kids. Three kids, right? two babies. That's right. Two babies and a girl. Uh, an older girl. A ballerina. A ballerina. And, you know, he's kind of stuck in a rut. He's, like, trying to get this partnership at the law firm. But he's sort of, you know, kind of lost. Like, that's all the only thing he focuses on. And he's kind of forgotten, like how to be inside the family and inside of his marriage. Then you got Ryan Reynolds, who's this, you know, a swinging single, um, who's pothead. pothead, you know, going nowhere with his life, having sex with many, multiple women, doing positions like the wheelbarrow and <laughs> many others that he, he uh, recites during the film. So then they go and piss in a fountain one night when they're hanging out drinking beer. 
and they switched each other's bodies, and hilarity ensues. Basically, that's like the plot. Now, now we're gonna go into the spoilers because now let me just say first and foremost, it's kind of it's gonna be kind of hard to describe this movie or ex- explain it because yes, they do switch bodies. So like Ryan Reynolds' character is going to be Jason Bateman's character throughout most of the film, and vice versa. But it's only I mean like yeah, it's, you, it's like when we're explaining this, you gotta kind of keep in mind that when we're talking about Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, and we're going to say the actor's name. Because right. even if you say the character name, it's still confusing. Well, that would be ta- even more confusing. <laughs> when we're talking about Ryan Reynolds, for the most part, we're talking about Jason Bateman in, in the beginning, his character. Right. Because that is Ryan Reynolds for the most part in the film. And then, of course, vice versa. Yeah. So, um, well, that being said, <laughs> yeah, that, that's essentially the plot. And, um, I don't know. Okay, well, I'm just say, did you like it? Did, did I like it? I don't know. I, don't I know. thought it was hilarious. I don't know. I really thought there was a lot of jokes in there that, that, for me, cracked me up throughout the whole movie. And I surprised, surprisingly to me, I really thought that Ryan Reynolds would be the comedic genius in this movie. Jason Bateman was hilarious. I mean, he cracked me up every single time. Now, keep in mind, he's playing Ryan Reynolds' character, mm-hmm. but, oh my God, was he freaking funny. I agree, because... Uh I mean, anyone that's used to seeing any movie or TV show with Jason Bateman, and he kind of plays a very similar character, this was, like, the first time where he could kind of just, like, let down his hair and be really wacky, be as crazy as he can be, which is funny, because that wasn't his character in the film. He was playing Ryan Reynolds in the movie, the pothead, crazy slacker, grown-up teenager type of role. But, yeah, it was very funny seeing him do very adolescent, immature type of things. Yeah. Um, in a way, it's like they actually took each other's lives in real life. Because that's like how they seem, you know? Just their actual personality types. Well, are, are they the same age, those two actors? Because they're, they're playing friends that I will, would assume they're supposed to be the same age in that movie, correct? Yeah. Because they've known each other forever, so I'm saying... I think Ryan, uh, Jason Bateman is easily 10 years older than Ryan <laughs> right, Reynolds. Right, it's easily. Like, not only from appearance, but just knowing in general, like, okay, Ryan Reynolds is this, and... Bateman looks like, you know, late 30s, early 40s, possibly. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds, I think, is at least young 30s. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. That that kind of came became an issue with me a You know what? Bit. I didn't even think about it till right now. Now that you say it, it like, totally is like, wow, how did... That's blaring, mm-hmm. but... Or glaring. I don't know the word. Both. Actually, both. <laughs> but, yeah, the, uh, there's, there's some instances in uh, movies with the casting where I, I kind of question whether or not that the ages really matter in the story. Or but do you know what? Like, it could have been playing the angle that, like, you know, he's married, so naturally he's aged more, mm-hmm. you know, than Ryan Reynolds, who's been doing nothing but smoking pot and playing video games, so mm-hmm. he would stay kind of youthful looking. Right. No, I mean, I agree. I... I, I didn't let it bother me for too much, but I just it was in the back of my mind. I'm like, are they playing the same age type of friends type of thing right now? Uh, what else? What Did else? Ryan Reynolds' hair look weird to you throughout the? Something about it looked almost wig-like. I don't know if it was his real hair or not. I know that sounds bizarre. Like, why wouldn't it be his hair? But he, I didn't notice that. It was hair. weird. It looked weird to me. It looked fake. I don't know it why. Fake. Yeah. I will say this for the movie. Um. Alright, so after they change bodies, okay? Which, did, did we say that they piss in a fountain? They piss in a fountain, yeah, we said that. Okay, and they say the crap, the same exact time. Yeah. I wish I had your luck. Boom, blackout. Yeah. So, they actually do something that, like, I don't know that I've seen in another movie uh, where about where they change up, is they immediately go and try and convince, you know, Jason Bateman's wife that they've switched bodies, and they're telling her facts and making her ask questions and stuff like that. And... Well, it's funny to see because th- this whole conversation is hilarious with them trying to guess it and that Ryan Reynolds actually doesn't know the answers to these questions. And Jason Bateman does. does and and it's, it's, it's like, you don't know this? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. It, it was very funny. There's just that whole thought because it's like, what do you do? You know, you, you, you try to do it until they both realize like, oh, maybe this would be nice to have like a vacation from each other's lives. I feel like, I feel, I mean, I know it was the premise of the movie... And just like just the whole tone of it, I knew I shouldn't have taken this movie too seriously. Oh yeah. But at the same time, honestly, if I woke up and me and you woke up, but we were in each other's bodies, like I would think I would have flipped out a thousand times more than they did. They were just like seemingly after they flipped, did a little flip out, and after they tried to convince Leslie Mann what was going on, they were just like, 
okay, let's go on with this type of thing. And I'm like, oh, all right, you know, like, uh, there's no way I would have continued. But I guess in their situation, they had to. Um, what did you think about the scene with Ryan Reynolds with the uh, the, the Lorno, I think they called yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I honestly didn't really laugh too much at that scene. I didn't think it was that funny. I didn't think it was, like, laugh out loud funny. And I felt funny. like that was the scene that they really tried to kind of push the button with in, like, almost shock comedy. Because this... this this comedy was written by the, the people who wrote The Hangover, so they're known for their shock comedy. And I feel like, as a whole, as an R-rated comedy, as a change-up was, it was very mild for uh, only cursing. Everything else was very mild in in the in the way they. they I don't know about that. I, I, I mean, I think they tried disagree. to First shock of all, comedy me, and it, I really wasn't shocked. I don't know if they were shock comedy. I think they just tried swinging for the fences on some jokes. But I feel like they didn't. I think. Uh, for in the first like ten minutes of the movie, there's like a, a cerebral palsy joke about this the, one of the babies. Which okay, that does not happen in movies. Okay, Hollywood is like petrified of saying the word retard, which they say in the film a few times, uh, and, and, and joking about the fact that the kid might have cerebral palsy. Like those are not joked about topics. Okay. Okay, and I don't think they tried to do it for shock value. I think they're trying to do it because like nobody tr- nobody does this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this is a comedy that is out there now. Whether or not the joke hit for you, I appreciate the fact that they went for it. And just the same thing with the with the Lorno thing. That was to me like a funny situation. I didn't laugh out loud at that section of the film, but I thought it was funny that they tried that stuff and and tried to 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 go out a little further and. And, I mean, have you ever seen anyone make fun of a Lorno before? Like, that was hysterical. It's it's new material, not so much shock value, at right. least in my opinion. I mean, okay, so we take those two instances that happened probably in the first 15, 20 minutes of the film. I feel like if they tried to do that, they just failed in the rest of the movie. They didn't keep it up. Well, but they did. I mean, with the pregnant woman... Uh, okay, it, there's a scene where Ryan Reynolds' character <laughs> I thought is having sex horribly. with a preg- pregnant woman. I, that was shocking to me. <laughs> I was but, just like, whatever. But, but that was a thing. Like you, I don't can't say that I've ever seen a pregnant woman naked in a film before. Mm-hmm. Okay, and obviously she wasn't really pregnant. Right, this right, was right, a fake right. baby, but it it was it was it was interesting to me, and I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny that this guy, this character of Ryan Reynolds, would be dating someone like that. I don't know. It it, it worked for me. I thought it was right. Funny. I mean, I, yeah. I guess. The, the only shock value for me was just like why is you know a good looking guy like him picking up a pregnant chick when he can get a, another chick he seems to be more like a, a player and I guess he's talking about it in the beginning but I don't know I mean I guess I thought it wasn't funny and it really didn't do it for me I felt like the scene in Knocked Up when Seth Rogen and the pregnant you know Catherine Heigl are doing it I thought that scene was like a thousand times funnier and he's afraid he's gonna poke the baby with his dick. Yeah, <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. No, I mean that is. And I, I very felt funny. like that was funnier. And I, I mean, like I don't have a problem with it, but I felt like with this movie being R-rated and such, I kind of wanted them to push the button a little bit more. I feel like they were a little safe, and I, uh, and because of that, I don't know, the tones were a little bit mixed up. Um, going on from that, uh, let's see. Did you feel the movie? You, you probably didn't feel the movie was long. Kind of did actually. Yeah, I thought the movie was long. There was just there was it was seemed a little excessive. They spent a lot of time on each storyline. Exactly, and I feel like they 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 want to make sure that they both got like their storylines in there. And yeah. like the whole I feel like the whole thing with Alan Arkin being the father and you know in the beginning the Ryan Reynolds character being the slacker like that that whole relationship like why aren't they like I know he's a slacker and stuff like that and he probably you know whatever but why it, are they do they have that friction what is the relationship between them I thought that was a lot I thought that was a pretty big thing and that made me care about Jason Bateman's whole family aspect I feel like he had a lot more to lose yeah. than Ryan Reynolds' character so whenever they went to Ryan Reynolds' character which I mean this is just confusing which was based Jason Bateman throughout the film I didn't really care that much as when Ryan, when, you know, Jason Bateman's family was trying to stay together. And yeah. Everything was on the line for him. I absolutely agree with you. I really felt like, even though they showed all that stuff, this was Jason Bateman's movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, in and out. Like, Ryan Reynolds, the actor playing Jason Bateman's character, was just uh, boring. For the most part, it really was boring. Like, it just... It just didn't play well, you know? And I don't necessarily think that that's Ryan Reynolds' fault. I think that's the writing. Definitely. Definitely the writing's fault, yeah. Um, it was. It, it, felt, it felt uneven at, at times. And like we said, like, yeah, like after kind of a, a, a situation or a problem got di- like got resolved for Jason Bateman, then we had to go see what's going on with Ryan Reynolds. And, like, I feel like 
that went on a little bit too long. Like, yeah. Okay, I, uh, like, you know, I see what's they going on here. They could have made that shorter. I mean, I understand they want to give both the actors, like, probably their, their this, time. Their time, but it. I feel like Ryan Reynolds is, as the actor, just his storyline. Wasn't as was, strong. It, it w- yeah, it wasn't as strong. That's definitely. pretty much the only way to say it. Um, did you like the ending? How everything kind of just, like, wrapped up? I like I like how I thought it was hilarious that they had to pee in the fountain in the mall. In the mall. I thought that was great. <laughs> I like how well I, maybe I don't like how but how how easily they immediately were just like oh okay we just have to pee in the same fountain again and we definitely are going to get turned back together. I was just like what makes you think that type of thing. Um, but yeah that was that was pretty funny in the in the yeah. they find they finally found the fountain. Yeah. Uh, they just do it right in the, in the mall. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was really fun. I thought there were a lot of funny points throughout the movie. Jason Bateman was just awesome the, the whole time. He's he has this boardroom scene early on where he's playing, you know, he's playing Ryan Reynolds' character, but he's just hilarious and just like the things he, he comes in and starts messing with the chair, <laughs> like the chair, uh, the chair, like you know, pushing it up and down. It's I'm sure it's been I know I've seen that a million times, but something about him doing that was hilarious to me. And just hearing the things he was saying... Just, uh, like we said earlier, like, seeing Jason Bateman in this different perspective or light was kind of, like, eye-opening. Like, oh, wow, yeah, he's really being a goofball right now. That's kind of cool. Unless, like, he's drunk and horrible bosses or, or you know, high yeah. off of something in another. He's usually a very straight, you know, type of character. Yeah. Um, I actually did not like that scene because <laughs> even as, you know, teenager-like or, you know, immature as Ryan Reynolds' character was in the beginning... <laughs> Who would just? They walk into an office. They get like they're, they're like a kid in a candy store with all of these you know chips and cookies. Like who does that? Who goes into someone a, who's high? <laughs> but like who goes into like you know how serious this is and like just like he, he he said he's like an actor. He can act like being a normal. You can even act like being a normal person. You just sit down and listen. That's all he's thinking to do. about this way it too was, in depth. It was like I'm like wow, this is kind of really like out there. This is too out there for me. He, he can't even act like a human being right now, and I thought that was a little bit... I mean, I, I liked the, the part where the movie had some heart in it. It had some heart, you know, when uh, when Leslie Mann was, like, kind of talking to Ryan Reynolds, yeah. which is really Jason Bateman, about Jason Bateman, about her husband. I right. thought that scene was awesome. I thought that was really cool. And, um... But, uh, yeah, I mean, they recycled gags here and there throughout the throughout the film. And I guess, like, yeah, I guess if you really like the, the, that type of humor, you'll love this movie. I thought it was mediocre. Now, what did you think about Olivia Wilde in this film? Smoking. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's so weird, because I've watched House for years, and, like, I always thought she was, like, all right. I don't know what... what She put on some new eyeliner or something. <laughs> something, like, so musical, because she looks exactly the same but then a million times hotter. And I don't know where that came she from. She has the most stunning eyes ever. They're ridiculous. I, throughout the entire film, just looking at the eyes, I'm like, wow, that, they can just, like, hypnotize me. They, they must have done something CGI or something. Cause but they did CGI the nipples. Supposedly. That's that's a rumor going around. Well, she said it. Oh, well, I heard Ryan Reynolds say that it was false. <laughs> uh, no, she said she wasn't naked at all in that oh. scene. And, uh, and then she... Uh, they, they, there's, a, there's a Jimmy Kimmel clip. It was pretty funny, actually. And, uh, and then and then now, now they're saying you know Leslie Mann's nudity scene who wasn't her as well. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's interesting what CGI can do now. <laughs> Not only explosions, but boobies now. <laughs> Doesn't make it. Because there are a lot me. of boobies in this film. A lot yes. of boobies. At least three sets. <laughs> At least. A lot of boobies, no penises. That's the type of movie oh, four I like. Sets, four sets. I counted them up. Ooh, ooh, you counted them. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I I thought they, they they had good chemistry when they were in the scene together, Ryan Reynolds and and. Jason I would agree. They they had good chemistry, and if there was any faults with the film, it wasn't because of the actors' abilities. It was because of the writing. I thought the writing was a little sketchy. Maybe a couple more rewrites, and it could have been a little bit cleaner, a little bit more condensed. Uh, like we said, it felt a little bit long. Things were redundant here and there, especially after the the halfway point of the film. But all in all, I can't I can't say it wasn't enjoyable. I like I enjoyed the movie. Um, I'm glad I saw it, and I will probably watch it again when it comes out on DVD. Yeah. So yeah. Said, what would you rate it? Hmm. Rate it. Um. Again, I'll probably rate it a lot lower than you're going to rate it. But I'm going to give it a 55. Well, I'm gonna give it a 65. Okay. That was, all right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 65. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so now... I can really think of Short Break now. 
Oh. I feel like we need a short break. That's fine with me. Short break. I need a up. breather, honestly. Okay. I'm out of water. I can go for uh, some agua. Some agua. So we'll be right back and we're going to talk about crazy, stupid love. Woohoo! You're doing some weird voices and some weird accents today without even giving me a warning. You're just <laughs> in the middle of a sentence. You're changing some kind of dialects up, and it's confusing me, and it's probably confusing the listeners, too. So knock it off. Okay. I'm just joking. You can do anything you Yay. want. It keeps it, it keeps the mood light. That's, the mood light. that's what I like to hear. That was Irish. Well, and that was not bad. <laughs> that wasn't bad. I will, war- I will give you a warning. I am horrible at understanding people with accents. Knock <laughs> Not gonna lie. That's so okay. if you if you try to say something like that, because I honestly have no idea what you just I said. I said that's what I like to hear. Oh okay, yeah. Because I'm horrible. Uh, I mean, no worries. People try to talk to me. I won't do it anymore. They're from the city, even. And I'm just like, what? What, <laughs> you, what did you say? And pe- people, I mean, I'm Asian. People talk to me in their Asian accent, and I'm just like, <laughs> I give them this look. I'm like, I don't know what you just said. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then then they look at me with even more puzzled looks. Like you should understand this. That's really funny. It's bad. Okay, so. We're on to movie Numino 2. Crazy, stupid, love. Now, let me just say, for first... For, oh, yeah. Also, we're going to be spoiling this movie like yes. crazy and stupidly. <laughs> Without love. Let me just say, I don't, I, don't, I don't get the title. Did you get the title? I don't um, get the title. I don't know why it's called Crazy, Stupid, Love. Is it called Crazy, Comma, Stupid, Love? Or is it Crazy, Stupid, Love? Or Crazy, Comma, Stupid, Comma, Love? Like, I don't... It's Crazy, Comma, Stupid, Comma, Love, period. Oh, okay. <laughs> Someone looked at the Wikipedia page. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I felt... So, crazy, stupid, love. I felt like it would be better... I thought they were just talking about the love. Or, or are they? Yeah. I felt like crazy love and stupid love. I felt like maybe that would make sense. I don't know. The, the, the title confused me, and it really did bother me throughout the entire <laughs> film. Because I don't like it when I watch a film, and then I don't get what the title means after I watch the film. I get really confused, and I'm like, why did they freaking call I that? I felt like they explained it at some point during the movie. I, w- I want to say it might have even been in the intro, <laughs> but I don't remember. It was one of those films. They, they didn't always say catch your ear when someone says the title of the movie in the film. They did not say it in the film. I, I really My ears perk up when I hear it. I'm pretty sure they didn't say Crazy Stupid Love in I'm the film. I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, okay. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I think we're going to need some more comments now. <laughs> <laughs> you see it? Tell me if I'm wrong, because I don't know. Maybe I am wrong. Anyway, we have quite an ensemble cast for this one. I would say a good, a good handful of pretty funny and awesome actors. We have Steve Carell and Julianne Moore. They're one couple, married couple. They're kind of on the brink of divorce because Julianne Moore had an affair with Kevin Bacon, which even in his five minutes in the movie, I thought he was awesome. <laughs> Kevin Bacon <laughs> Kevin Bac- is awesome. Kevin Bacon, just add him in any movie and it's better. Um, and then you have, so that's like kind of like your old couple-ish. And then you go a little bit younger, you go into the late 20s, early 30s. You have Ryan Gosling, who's just like the player. He's just like, he goes to this lounge and he just picks up chicks whenever they want. And chicks love him because he's very, very handsome. Or I think they would call him hot. I'll call him handsome because that's yeah. the guy. And, um, and you have uh, Emma Stone. And she's kind of going out. Well, not kind of. She's going out with Josh Groban, which I did not expect him to be in the movie. And when oh, I that's saw Josh Groban, <laughs> I did not know that. When I saw Josh Groban, I'm like, huh? Look who it is, <laughs> Josh Groban. I didn't know he was so young. You thought he was old? I don't even know who Josh Groban is. I I know he's a singer. That's all. That's the extent of my knowledge of Josh Groban. Good enough. So yes. So Emma Stone and Josh Groban are like a thing, a couple. Emma Stone has a friend. I don't know what her name is. She's not very famous, is she? Is she I've seen her in a TV show. <laughs> Which name? Oh, uh, Traffic Light was the TV show she was in. That's all I know her from. Okay. So and I was like, hey, <laughs> I've seen. I know her. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and then we go a little bit down the line to even younger teenagers. Then you have uh I don't know their actress <laughs> name, but then there's Robbie, which is uh one of the one of the children of Julianne Moore and Steve Carell. 
and then their babysitter, don't know her name, we'll just call her babysitter. The babysitter. <laughs> she's 17 years old, and she's... So they go to high school together. So, as you can project from the title, this movie is pretty much about love. Um, they, uh... Well, maybe that's the title, right? The three... The, there's three words, crazy, stupid, love, and there's three sets of, of couples. And it's supposed to represent each one of them. Right? Okay, we'll, we'll go... We'll, after I don't know, it, toying yeah, around with maybe, 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 I like that. If that's the case... I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> so, I guess, uh, yeah, um, they're having a divorce... Then uh, Ryan Gosling takes Steve Carell. He feels bad for the guy. He takes him under his wing to become a man again because Ryan Gosling is just real, it's really bad for Steve Carell because the way he tries to pick up chicks, it's not the uh, the prettiest thing to witness. Then you have uh, then you have his children, Ryan, uh, Steve, Carell, Steve Carell's children, Robbie. He declares his love for the babysitter. And the babysitter is in love with Steve Carell. It's just a, a, a cluster fuck. Okay, you really need like an org chart to, <laughs> to draw this out. Yeah, on. this is just like there's so much crap going on. Everyone's kind of connected to another way with someone else. There actually is a twist in this movie, and we'll get to that a little bit later. I didn't see it coming. Did you see that? Coming? I had no idea this was coming. I guess I should have. No, no, no way, no way. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of stupid the way it happened. I'm just like, holy crap! I should have seen that coming. But yeah, but I don't think you could have even seen it coming. No, because there's no yeah. So um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, the movie's about love. Uh, it, it the the themes are kind of, uh, it's kind of funny. The, 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 it shares a theme with the change up, how kind of love at the time, especially being married for so long. You know, if you don't really work at it, it kind of disintegrates, and then problems will surmount later on in your you know mid middle age years. And it happened with. Uh, you know, Leslie Mann and Jason Bateman's characters in that movie, and it ha- it's happening in Steve Carell and Julianne Moore's character because, you know, they kind of just, they lose their path in their marriage, and then that creates a conflict. It's interesting to say that Crazy Stupid Love doesn't really have, you know, like a bad guy, an antagonist at all. Everyone, you don't really not like anyone in the film. Everyone's very, even Kevin Bacon, the guy <laughs> who, like, you know, slept with Julianne Moore, and even Julianne Moore, the, in- the adulteress. You c- I think the movie does a pretty decent job at not creating anyone as a bad not guy. villainizing anybody. Right, just yeah. saying, just just kind of humanizing him and being like, I did this because of this reason, and even and like, and they obviously regretted their mistakes after a while. So I like that part about the movie a lot. Um, I do have to say that just like the change up with the separate storylines, there were stronger storylines in Crazy Stupid Love, and the way they tried to balance them out, I did not care about the storyline with Robbie chasing after his babysitter. Really? I thought that was so cute. <laughs> was that cute? You hate child actors. I th- Robbie was annoying me throughout the oh, entire Oh, he wasn't film. a good actor. Not at all. But, but you thought it was cute? I thought it was cute, you know? I didn't think he was supposed to be a good actor. I thought that, that storyline was just kind of... Tl- <clears throat> wow, I just lost my voice. I hate it when that happens. <clears throat> we was just supposed to lighten up the mood a little bit. Because everything else was like dead serious. Well, not dead serious, but like the the marriage was dead. The marriage serious. was the serious. Yeah, yeah. I get you. And you know there wasn't overall in this movie, <clears throat> which is supposed to be a rom com, romantic comedy. There wasn't a lot of laughs for me. Honestly, nothing about me because I went into the movie thinking it was going to be more of a, dra- a romantic dramedy, not really a rom com. Hmm. So I was okay with that. But I, they I tried to to put laughs in there. There was definitely spots that were supposed to be funny. You could feel it in the way that the timing moved, the pace of the film, and that just fell flat for me. And it was a lot of the stuff with Steve Carell that was supposed to be really funny, and it just wasn't. I mean, it's it, not his fault really at all. Like he, you know, I I think he's a great actor, but it, it just like it just fell short. I, I didn't laugh. I feel like he played more of like. Uh, like a dead in real life type of role then actually trying to do some funny things here and there I mean I don't know that was just my perspective of the film I didn't really I, you're right I didn't laugh that many times at all throughout the entire film but I honestly didn't really expect to laugh so yeah. I was okay with that I was I was just like zoned in I don't know why I did expect to laugh but clearly I did I mean I think maybe the previews and commercials were a little deceiving because those were the funniest parts probably throughout the film yeah yeah, but um, yeah. So I had a little problem with the the young, <laughs> the young roles, um, and then uh, I thought Ryan Gosling was pretty good in the movie. I thought he was excellent. <laughs> I, I definitely think he was the star of this film. I, I, it was surprising. You know, his character actually made like a pretty big arc. You know, he he went from being like a a complete like douche, to, you know, to to changing. And 
you kind of understood why, and it was weird because you didn't get to watch too much of this transition, you know? You just you just really got why, and it was because they did such a good job with creating Emma Stone, like her character. They, they, with not a lot of time for either of those people on screen, per se, uh, they, they really made a good job of, at, at filling out their characters and really understanding who they were and where they came from. And just this subtle scene, okay, there's this one scene where we're a little, like toward the middle of the movie, where Gosling finally meets Emma Stone, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're, they're like, on their, oh, I'm sorry, even later, after they've met each other, they, like, Emma Stone, like, basically comes in, like, wanting to rape Ryan Reynolds, and they go home together, and, <clears throat> you know, they're, she talks, and she's, like, she's a little bit drunk, she, like, goes, you know, I don't want to do the PG-13 version of tonight. That ends with me, uh, you know, falling asleep on the couch, and you giving me a kiss on the cheek, and then putting a blanket over me. And that's how I don't want the movie to end, you know. She's like, I want to have sex with you. And the scene goes on, and, like, they try to have sex. You know, they're, like, getting to that point, And they're just making each other laugh, or Emma Stone's cracking up and talking about random things. Right, they're just talking throughout, you know, making yeah. ass, though. I thought that was, okay. And then we see this montage, which was an interesting montage, because it's like they just kept jumping to points in conversation. Instead of, like, actually seeing things happen, them just talking over the night, you actually get to hear the different parts of the conversation and, and actually, like, really get to understand that they're, like, having a heart-to-heart and they're talking about serious things and family and, and et cetera. And, um, you know, what happens is Ryan Gosling falls asleep and Emma Stone kisses him on the cheek and pulls the, the covers over him. And I thought that was a really nice moment. And it's not, it wasn't like very much in your face, like, oh, that, I, I saw this PG-13 moment coming, but it was very underrated, very subtle, and I don't even, you know, it didn't click with me at first until I, like, sat back and kind of thought about it. And I thought that was really nice. Like, it really gave a lot of definition to both these people. You know, the fact that, like, this has probably never happened to Ryan Gosling before. I mean, clearly never happened to him before. And the fact that he kind of, like, realizes that and, and recognizes that in Emma Stone instantly. And, I don't know, the, to me that was clear without having to be told it. Mm -hmm. And that's not always clear in a lot of movies. So I felt like they really did I, I completely agree with you. That was pretty much, like, the climax of Ryan Gosling's character. Which is interesting because, yes, Steve Carell is the main character throughout the entire film. But, <clears throat> like you just pointed out, that, that, that storyline with Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, it, even though they're supporting characters, characters are just in the background, but they kind of took charge throughout this film. And Ryan Gosling's story arc, like you said, was, you know, he went through the most change. And, yeah, that, that, that montage, I thought it was beautiful. It was a beautiful montage. It's not even, like, a lot of time passed throughout the montage, but just the way they portrayed it. And, e and even in that montage, you get to learn things about Ryan Gosling and yeah. Emma Stone and stuff. Like, like it, was, it was like, wow, okay. And uh, it really did kind of, you know, make him humble in, in, in his routines and then... I mean, and then, and then it's kind of funny because Steve Crow is like calling him when he's in a crisis yeah. while Ryan Gosling is like getting to settle down finally, and like yeah, he just goes MIA for a whole week, and but yeah, that was a that was an awesome awesome part, scene and, and part of the film, and I agree with you in every aspect about that. Um, but yeah, Ryan Gosling was awesome in the film. Uh, Emma Stone had her 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 chance to shine here and there. Um, I, I guess we could talk about Steve Carell and Julianne Moore <laughs> now. Did you like Steve Carell in this film? I thought he was fine. And that's really my whole description of his acting performance. I thought it was good. You know, there were certain points, you know, later in the film where I, I really liked the things he's had to say. I rooted for him. You know, I really wanted him to be successful. But it's just like every time he tried, it was disastrous. <laughs> you know, every time he tried to rekindle. There's the moment where they're, they go to see the teacher... Okay, uh, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei, but we don't know it's Marissa. Right. Well, we know it's Marissa Tomei, but we don't know if she's the teacher, and, and that's gonna sound weird when you're listening. But they're sitting outside the classroom. They haven't gone into the teacher yet, and they're sitting there and they're actually talking. And this moment for me, for both characters, Julianne Moore and Steve Carell, was extremely moving. They're just sitting there. And I forget exactly what the conversation's they're about. They're like reminiscing. Yeah. To the point, because this is at, this is when they've kind of split up. They haven't really gotten divorced yet, but they are living in separate homes now. Yeah. And yeah, just the way that they're joking, they're kind of like having just an awesome conversation, and he's just like, you know, I should have fought for you type of thing. Yeah. And like they're getting misty-eyed and everything. And <laughs> that, was a, that was a nice... They, they have a lot of nice, nice little moments in this film. Lots yeah. of very intimate moments between certain characters that really go back to the theme of, you know, love and... You know, and they really do harp on the theme of soulmates as well, 
which I guess whether or not you believe in soulmates might change your perspective about this film. But they really do, you know, kind of zone in, drop the hammer, like, you know, everyone has one soulmate and you have to fight for that soulmate no matter how long, you know, or how many how many bad things are happening to you. But yeah, once 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 you see Marissa Tomei during that scene, you're just like, oh man, this shit is going out the window. Yeah. <laughs> this is going down horribly. But I don't know. I was like, I was like nervously laughing during that scene. Yeah. Because you you really do, like you said, you want you root for Steve Crow so hard because he is such a nice guy. In the he's a nice character. Yeah. And he really does you know love Julianne Moore. He wants. It's not even like, in a way, he didn't really do anything. You know, wrong in, in a concrete manner, but yes, he did kind of lose his way throughout the marriage as well, and so he could. You know, anyone in the right mind, when you love someone and something goes wrong, you can always go back and blame yourself, and he kind of did that in a way too. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say like, this movie did a really good job at at making characters very relatable for the most part, but like Marissa Tomei's character was ridiculous. <laughs> Just ridiculous. She just played this like clown of a person. Just crazy. <laughs> and it it made no sense. Like they could have easily just had her character be similar to that, but she overacted it or I don't know, maybe there was the way she was directed, who knows. But it was just bad. Her character was bad in the film. I like what you said that they really did a good job making at least you can you can pretty much relate to a character no matter who you are, what age you are, to one of these characters. Yeah. Because they did have you know the teenager group and then the the, the young adult you know twenties and then the uh, the older married couple. So I th I find that interesting because yeah, that's pretty cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Things I didn't like about the movie. Okay. I thought it was a movie that was trying to be a little bit too smart in certain aspects of the writing because they kept on, a I think maybe one or two, maybe three times they kind of pointed at cliches in the film. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this is so cliche. And it's like, it's like, it was, it played out like a romantic comedy with these type of cliches. They were, they wanted, the writers kind of wanted the audience to know, like, we know that we're putting in a cliche here. And we and and we want you to know that we know. So they, you know, that little thing when it started to rain on Steve Carell after she, after Julianne Moore drives away, she, he's just like so cliche. Or Emma Stone, like you said, you know, I don't want this to be PG thirteen. I want to do rated R type of thing. Like everything was just, I, I that kind of irked me a little bit. I didn't really like those parts, and I felt the ending kind of got drawn out. I, I felt like I was watching Lord of the Rings again. Like they <laughs> have to they have to settle every single storyline. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, I don't. Maybe it's because I didn't I liked certain storylines better, but they had to wrap up every single storyline and it wrapped up very you know carefully and then whatever. Okay, well, did you think? The same yeah, thing? I mean the cliches didn't bother me, I no. or that they're mocking the cliches. I thought that was fine. You know, I don't think it was funny. Um, like I said, like they, they swung and missed with a lot of jokes and stuff like that. I thought it was it was trying to be funny, but I just it just didn't work for me. But I didn't mind it. Like, it didn't bother me. Um, there is, the funniest part of the movie, and this is really where they could have ended the film. Like, there's a scene where Steve Carell creates this, like, awesome, like, mini, oh, yeah, okay, mini yeah. golf uh, thing for his... <laughs> this for is definitely the best scene in the movie, I oh, thought. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> hilarious. So Steve Carell gets his, his, you know, his kids ready, and they're, they're standing there, and they created a mini golf, and he, he blindfolds Julianne Moore, and so the son, or... Daughter is bringing her outside. Both of them. Both of them are bringing this her outside. This is his like home run attempt to get back with Julianne Moore. Yeah. And you just like I really felt like the movie was going to end here. Like this is where they were going to get back together because I didn't foresee anything else after this point coming. If they totally could have ended the movie here Easily. and it had been like a hundred percent acceptable. So you know she's walking down and all of a sudden like. I forget the order of how it happens. But no, the uh, the seventeen-year-old. The they they find the pictures of her. The the, the parents find the pictures. Oh yes. Because he just storms of the babysitter. The yeah. So the, so that the father of the babysitter starts gets in his car and starts driving. And to you the know house. he's just going over to kick Steve Carell's ass. Yes. That being said, then we get the the, the twist of the film yes. that we just were completely blindsided about. Ryan, uh, like earlier in the scene, Ryan Gosling's calls Steve Carell. He's just like, "Oh, I'm finally going to. I I met someone. I'm finally going to meet her mother." You know, you know. And Steve Carell's like, "You know, congratulations." He he he's like, 
you know, genuinely happy for Ryan Gosling. He's yeah. like, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you're finally happy, you know, settling down and stuff like that. But then you find out that Emma Stone is a daughter of Steve Carell and Julianne Moore, and Ryan Gosling's there. And then, like, <laughs> that scene like, is hilarious. It was like the audience, as, as the audience, you're just like, holy crap. But it, it's even funnier kind of to see. Watching Steve Carell try and figure it out. Process like, it's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> That moment, it was just like holy crap. And they did they did something in the film where um, the Emma Stone's character's name is Hannah. Yeah. But Steve Carell and the family just like, kept on calling the person Nana. Yeah, and it's weird. Like you hear that through the film, but for me, it didn't register at all. That, like I, yeah. I I never thought about it. Like who was Nana? I think maybe they didn't even mention it that much. Maybe they really it was, like, didn't. Twice during the they film, they didn't mention it too many times, and I just thought they had a nanny or something. <laughs> like I did I, not expect. Yeah, I don't it was know. really Hannah was the last person I expected. No, I to be. It was weird. So I, honestly, I was pleasantly surprised that they threw in something that I did not see was going to happen. Because in, in any, but it's kind of funny though, because it seemed cliche after it happened. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was, like, it was strange. Yes, it definitely seemed like oh wow, duh. But I, you know, you definitely, you could not, you could not have seen it coming. Which right. Which is really weird. Yeah. But no, that was a great scene. And then they kind of have, and then Kevin Bacon comes Kevin out of Kevin Bacon nowhere. shows up, and then all of a sudden the, the babysitter's father is tackling Steve Carell, and then Gosling's trying to get him off, and then all, sooner or later all four of them are wrestling, fighting each other on the ground. And it is hilarious. I love that scene. That scene was definitely the best scene of the film. And like you said, I mean, they probably should have ended it there. When Steve Carell is walking away from the camera, kind of like a cowboy riding out into the sunset, I'm like, this is damn good. This is awesome. You know, <laughs> this, this is cool. It doesn't work out the way uh, Everything you know, we should have. Yeah, but then like, maybe they should have just ended it right there. I thought they should have. I thought I, it was going to end there, and then it kept going. Not going to lie, the oh. next scene, really, I was like squirming in the seat. I'm like, this is bad. I did not like it when Robbie was giving that stupid speech, and then Steve Carell this, jumps out this of the scene. This bothered the shit out of me. Okay, <laughs> this scene. That. Because Steve Carell interrupts his son giving his salutatory and... Uh, speech, which I'm so confused. Isn't the valedictorian give the speech? Didn't they both? Well, in my high school, they they both, both gave a speech. And okay. This is this is is this eighth grade? <laughs> I don't know what grade it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is eighth grade. You're thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. So you're eighth grade. So I don't know. Okay, Whatever. Yeah, and Steve Carell gets up and interrupts, and then is giving a speech of his own for ten minutes. Would never happen. Never would happen. Principals would stop him. Teachers would stop him. Everybody would stop him. And it just bothered me, and I know it's so such a minute thing, like, oh, wow, how could you, you know, be bothered by that? Because, for the most part, this movie was very realistic. Very realistic, very honest to its its characters and its situations. But yeah. this would just never happen. No, it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really, I was, I wanted to leave. Honestly, they should have just ended the movie after that, that one scene. I, it, it, the, the speech goes on for a good three minutes. It's, it's a really long It's a speech. long three minutes. And yes. I, like, halfway through, I was just like, oh, whatever. i got to stop being mad at this happening. And it, and was, just, like, it was a painful speech to listen to because throughout the film, they do a very good job at, you know, you know showing, not telling. But then all of a sudden, it seems like during this one speech, they're kind of wrap, they're trying to wrap up the entire movie's themes. And I'm it's like, like an epilogue. Yeah, expect the audience to be smart enough to figure out the themes. You don't have to tell us. You don't have to beat us over the head telling us what the movie's about. We know what the movie is about. And yeah, it just like it dumbed it dumbed the movie down for me. And honestly, if I get this on DVD, I'm just gonna stop it after that point. <laughs> I'm not even gonna watch the ending anymore. It is, uh, it, it yeah, that it bothered me a lot that scene. So then, what happens is everybody just ends up basically together. The Steve Carell and Julianne Moore, you get the impression that they're gonna work it out. He Steve Carell accepts the fact that he that Ryan Gosling is dating his daughter, and you know shakes his hand, and Robbie. Gets, a nude gets picture. nude pictures of the babysitter, which was awesome. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I'm so happy for him for that. And yeah, and then the movie ends. So all in all, I feel like most of the movie was pretty strong, yeah. even though I had some gripes here and there. The ending, some people, you know, some, I mean, sometimes the ending of the movie really does ruin the film. It didn't necessarily ruin the film, but I felt it really could have done without the last... 20 or so, 15 minutes. Agreed, know? agreed. Um, that being said, alright, let's give our ratings for it. I'm going to give it, I don't know, because honestly, this is funny, I went into, I usually have what I'm going <laughs> to rate the movie before podcasting. And, and then I, you changed it? But no. you talked about it? 
I, for this movie, I was trying to think what I'm going to give it before you know giving this review. Okay. And I was just like, I was going both ways. I'm like, I can talk about this movie with someone who loved the movie and just agree with everything they say. But then if someone who hated this movie, I can agree with them a lot. Because I had a lot of problems <laughs> with the movie as well. So I wasn't sure how this conversation was going to go about. If we were just ripping the movie apart, I am like, oh, movie, 45. You know? <laughs> but I felt like in the most part, we... I mean, I, I enjoyed it after talking talking out with you. Yeah, uh, I'd have to say, like, I thought I didn't like the movie as much as I did when, when I realized I was talking about and, you know, mentioning all these moments that really worked in the film and that were really strong. You know, I, I, I liked it better than, than what I thought after I left the film. Yeah, so sometimes that happens. Yeah. You know? It's pretty cool. So I guess if I had to give it a grade, I would give it a 73. Wow, 73. Yeah, I'm going to put it in between Sucker Punch and Bridesmaids. I didn't think it was as good as Bridesmaids. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta figure this out. I gotta think about. Yeah, what no, I, I mean, it, it's. I feel like the movie isn't great, and it's not bad. It's somewhere in the middle. It, it, it will always stay in like a 60s, 70s range type of thing for. I think everyone that sees this movie. I don't think there's a person that can actually love this film, but I don't think there's a person that can hate it either. Yeah. So it, it would always, and in movies that are lighthearted in a way. Are, are always usually more enjoyable. People like it. Eh, you know, it wasn't good, it wasn't bad, but I did like it. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I gotta go with a seventy-one. Okay, <laughs> he was really scrutinizing. <laughs> I, I, his I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm not even positive trying to play that's a good score. Yeah, maybe we'll no. change it up. I don't know. Maybe we'll change it up. But that's it. That's our uh, ratings for that for now. We're taking another short break. We'll be back with the flick chart battle. The flick chart battle. What people we are? Back attack. <laughs> Back attack. Back attack with the flick chart battle sheet. What is oh, the flick chart battle? Oh, dot dot dot. I don't know. Wow, that's what I was trying to do there. www.flickchart.com, one word. And this is a movie site that compares two movies side by side, and you get to choose which one is better. And our first matchup is The Mummy Returns. Versus the wrestler. Wrestler, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, it's gotta work. There we go. I don't like using the the mask. Unbreakable versus three ten to you, mother remake. Wow. Um, right off the bat, a pretty good. Uh, I like this matchup because both these movies are completely different. Completely different. Both uh, well acted. Very well acted. Yes, with with you know a, a handful of very good actors. Um. I would say I don't know. I really thought Three Ten to Yuma, the the remake, it was a great western film. I I loved it. It was during like the uh, the, the, the like the surge. Of, I like, felt like it led the way, but I could be wrong about that. Who might have? <laughs> I don't know. I might have. I think it was the same year as uh, Jesse James. No, or was that before? After I don't know. It's, it's in the same time. We, we, we just got a lot of westerns. I gotta stop while. making claims that because <laughs> I cannot say it's the first. one I have no idea. It could be like the thirty-first one in the row. I, I I'm awful with that stuff. <laughs> I love it. It was don't the stop. best one. <laughs> Apparently, we get comments with those statements. So keep them. That's true. Keep them coming. All right. But I know. I mean, we talk about M Night Shyamalan, Lama Lama, Ding Dong, and we like Unbreakable a lot out of his earlier movies as we said his, his strongest films right but yeah this is a very tough uh, matchup I guess I guess I would pick 310 to Yuma uh but I, I, I mean honestly I could e I could easily go to Unbreakable I don't so. know I mean should we just flip a coin for this one I, I don't <laughs> even know what to choose though yeah I think I, I, I I'm stumped on this uh just so we can flip a coin, I'm going to go Unbreakable. Okay, Unbreakable's but heads. Right. I'm going to be happy either way. Unbreakable. Right. We will go with Unbreakable. Our next is Total Recall versus The Born Supremacy. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Total Recall, so I go The Born Supremacy. I will agree with that. 
Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban versus the God Potter. <laughs> God Potter. <laughs> the God Potter. <laughs> the God Potter Part Three. Uh, this is my favorite Harry Potter movie, so I'm gonna pick that one. Yeah, I mean, people are probably gonna call me crazy, but I don't know. I, I mean, love the Godfather Part Three. It was the worst of the trilogy, but it's really hard. You to still compare. think it's better than the Harry Potter film? I, I, I would say so. All right, fine. I go, I'm gonna choose that one with you. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna change my vote. <laughs> right? You know, I feel guilty you. picking Harry Potter. <laughs> After you butchered the name God Potter, you owe it. <laughs> the Chronicles of Narnia, the first one, versus Doctor Strangelove. Doctor Strange, classic. What do we got next? Three hundred versus The Devil's Advocate. I like The Devil's Advocate, but I'm picking three hundred. I like The Devil's Ad- Advocate. That's a hard word for me to say. Advocate. Just because of that, I'm picking three hundred. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean at World's Ends ver- at World's End versus Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Jerry Maguire. Next matchup, we got Anchorman versus Chasing Amy. Ooh. I, like, love both of these movies, but I gotta go Anchorman. Anchorman is... <laughs> El Reporte. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the poster was in Spanish, so we were giggling about that. Men in Black 2 versus Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. by Kubrick that I still have no idea what's going on. But I'd still pick it over Men in Black Oh, it's too. just it's definitely a better film. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I have no idea what the film was about, I will pick that. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original. I know you, I have to clarify that because I always get them confused. Even though the other one's Charlie. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Versus Batman Forever. <laughs> Which is the poster of Jim Carrey as the Riddler. <laughs> with his elbows looking very peculiar. Uh, I can't even do that. Can you do this? <laughs> no. Can you do that? They're pointing inward together oh at, God, at his chest. That's hurting so much. <laughs> I'm picking Willy Wonka. Me I don't, too. I don't want to look at this poster That's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> Wedding Crashers versus Daredevil. Wedding Crashers. Indeed. Schindler's List versus oh 2001 <laughs> A Space Odyssey. Rob's head almost exploded. It really? Like, I'm ripping my hairs out right now. Schindler's List versus 2001 A Space Odyssey? Are you kidding me? I, I hate to say this because it's going to sound stupid. <laughs> I don't know that you can compare these two <laughs> movies. <laughs> it's not fair. It's they, they should both win. It, they should uh, be an option where we pick both. It really isn't fair. I don't want to pick one over the other. I seriously just got a headache. <laughs> like, I, I'm not even kidding. I have a headache now. Oh, my God. This isn't fair. Flick chart, damn you, flick chart. Ah, I guess we have to discuss this matchup now. Okay. So Schindler's List is probably one of the more depressing movies I've ever seen. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, maybe I'm going to pick 2001 because of that. But 2001 is one of those movies that, I mean... Those last ten or so minutes, I'm just like, what, what the is hell going is going on? Uh, sh- both do amazing things. I, it's still, still the girl in the red dress in Schindler's List is like embedded in my mind forever. Might you say iconic? There <laughs> <laughs> we go. This is actually the the most <laughs> perfect time that she could say iconic nonstop throughout these this, this conversation that we're gonna have. Not when we're bringing up other movies <laughs> like Italian. <laughs> Anyway, yes, yeah, 2001 A Space Odyssey. We we did have a, a, a past episode where we talked about it for a very long time. A past cast. I like, I like that. It. Past cast. Um, but yes, I mean, you have Kubrick on one end, battering out against Schindler's List. Which is Spielberg, right? Which is Spielberg. So so two of the best directors. Man, it's, it's like... Head to head. I feel like I'm a traitor by picking one. I'm gonna be, you know, betraying another one. Hmm. It, now, do we? Ha- I uh. think if both these movies were on, I can, I can kind of watch 2001 at any point in the movie and just like watch it to the end. Okay. Whereas Schindler's List is a movie that I really feel the need to watch from beginning to end. I don't know why that is. I don't even know if that means anything. <laughs> no, I, I agree because 2001 is broken up into its three, maybe four parts. If you think yeah. of it like that, so that. I, I get that, I get that. What you're saying. I feel like 2001 is also more has more rewatchable factor. Yeah, because, because it's kind of confusing. Oh yeah, it's confusing and it's really cool yeah. too. And it's uh, but Schindler's List is just a masterpiece. It is from beginning to end. I I am torn, and I love 2001: A Space Odyssey, <laughs> but I feel like I have to go Schindler's List on this pick. After talking about it, I mean, I hate to pick one, but I'm probably gonna lean towards 2001. So we're just really? Flip a, yeah. 
We're gonna flip a coin again. Let's just let's just, let's just let the coin decide. I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> I kind of don't want to win. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't care if I lose either. I mean, uh, all right, let's flip, just flip, flip it. Flip that coin. Heads is Schindler's. Two thousand one is the tails. Schindler's. Wow. Whew. That was. I'm sweating right now. Oh my god. Now we <laughs> have Panic Room versus Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. The dogs win. AI versus Hook. Hook. Are these two Spielberg films? Is AI Spielberg? I forget. I yes. Is AI is definitely Spielberg. And Hook is too. No. Is it? I think it I is. I don't know about that one. Really? Spielberg made a lot of weird movies. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can comment <laughs> if I'm wrong again. <laughs> We're picking Hook, by the way. Rush Hour 2 versus The Terminator. Um, the Terminator. Rush Hour, the the original one, wasn't that good. It's still good. Eh, it's mediocre. Terminator 2 is the stellar film. Stellar, but Terminator is still very good. Uh, okay. <laughs> Way better than Rush Hour 2, <laughs> at least. Fine, fine, fine. Your argument stands. Ooh, Lion King versus Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. The Lion King, seriously. Love the Lion King. Get that King. monkey out of here. <laughs> Mission Impossible 2 versus I Am Legend. I hmm. I've never really l- been in love with the Mission Impossible series. Right. They're okay. Mm-hmm. I definitely know that two is better than one. Mm-hmm. But then again, I Am Legend wasn't very good either. I'm thinking Mission Impossible. Yeah, too. We, I would go with that. You kind of just talked for both of us. I That's know. exactly how I was feeling. Mr. Before. and Mrs. Smith versus Platoon. Clearly, Platoon. Platoony. <laughs> I'm sorry. That cracked me up. <laughs> Iron Man versus The Ring. Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> war, war of the Worlds. God damn it. War of the Worlds versus the Blues Brothers, 1980. Blues Brothers. Yeah. Were there two more? That sounds good. A Knight's Tale versus Star Trek. Star Trek. I like A Knight's Tale, but I'm not picking it. Star Trek. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like A Knight's Tale. Uh, and the last matchup is Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest versus Seven Seven Siete wins the Flick Chart Battle Alright Flick Chart Battle well, Thank you for listening You're welcome Oh <laughs> You're talking to the audience My apologies I'm talking to this microphone in front of me I feel like it's going to respawn Um Okay once again If you guys have any comments or <laughs> Cause Cause please We love comments I was just like I was shocked that we got a comment Yes. And then I told it to you, and then we gave each other a high five because we received two high fives back to back. It was amazing. Anyway, our uh, information: we are on the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say our name on the movie front. <laughs> we are on the Facebook. We were on the Facebook. Um, <laughs> www.facebook.com backslash on the movie front. Justin Timberlake told us to lose the the yeah. in the Facebook. <laughs> so it's, we're just the Facebook. I mean, the Facebook. Wait. <laughs> 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 there, was, there was no way I could say that. I don't know why that was, <laughs> didn't trigger in my mind to not say the word the. Oh. Okay, yes. Our email address is? On the movie front at hotmail.com. We also have a blog where we put all of our podcast episodes on. You can listen to it. For free. Oh, for we're, free. We're very generous. So, yes, that would be otmf-podcast.blogspot.com. So check it out. Also, we've always been on iTunes. You could just search for Oh, that's right. Pod. We always <laughs> we've never to, plugged it. You can, you can also, yeah, subscribe to us on the iTunes. The iTunes. The iTunes. You just search a little on the movie front podcast with us. It should show up. I'm not sure. I haven't done this in a while. It showed oh, up in the beginning. That's true. Hopefully we're still there. Maybe they just, maybe they've listened to it and they're like, oh. These guys, they yeah. piss me off so No, much. no, they love us. They do love they us. They sent me a letter. Hmm. Job sent me a letter? No, Mr. iTunes. Ooh, Mr. Me. iTunes. How is he? Delicious. Any movies coming out this weekend that you're going to see? Uh, are there? I forget what comes out this weekend. I think something comes out this weekend. I feel like August is a little bland. There's a... There's that horror... There's horror movies coming out, like Final Destination. Oh, that might be coming out this weekend. There's that... No, 13. Isn't that... Isn't 30... I mean, 30 minutes or less? Is that movie out this weekend? Yes. I want to see that. That looks hilarious. That looks pretty good. You know that's based on a true story? Unintentionally? (laughs) Mine is blown right now. Based on a true story, huh? But not... Yeah, they didn't do it on purpose. They were writing this movie, and then they started filming it, and apparently some guy did this almost verbatim. Some guy showed up to 
you know, a bank wearing a bomb uh-huh. and said, give me your money because someone put me up to this. Like, yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. they'll kill me. And they didn't know how to, like, take... The cops didn't know how to take the bomb off and the guy ended up exploding. So it was real serious. I wonder if that <laughs> happens in the film. I don't know. Probably not because it's a comedy. Yeah. But yes, Jesse Eisenberg, Aziz, Danny Ryan, a lot of awesome, funny actors in this. Then that other guy who... I can I never remember his I don't name. Know his he's name. a stand-up comedian. Yeah, he, he's, he's very on funny. Nine One One, and he is very like funny, but I don't know his name. Anyway, come back next Schwarzman? week. Something like I'm very close. <laughs> come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> we will have a lot to a lot more to discuss. So Always. yes, thank you for listening and one see love, ya. one love.